The comments, views, and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent the views of Point72 Academy. All information provided herein is for informational purposes only, is not investment advice, and should not be deemed as a recommendation to buy or sell securities. All investments involve risk, including the loss of principal. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product. Any such offer or solicitation may only be made by means of delivery of an approved confidential offering memorandum. This podcast may not be copied, and it may not be distributed or furnished to or used by anyone other than the intended recipient without the express written consent of Point72. I think the easiest way for Academy Associates to stand out is go talk to PMs. You know, you've got this incredibly unique opportunity to probably see 20 to 30 PMs of your time at the Academy. If you stay quiet and you sit at the back of class, no one's going to notice you. No one's going to want to mentor you. Whereas I think if you ask good questions, really make the effort to go out and meet people, you can really stand out. And there's an incredible opportunity to make an effort with analysts on the desk, you know, discuss ideas with them, debate their investment process, and just get a sort of level of transparency that you'll never get again. When you're in the academy, you have this sort of air pocket of transparency and you can learn a ton. That's Emmett Kearns an industrial analyst, and a Point .72 Academy grad. He's talking about the number one question I get asked. How can I stand out as a candidate, as an Academy associate, as an analyst? This is a career that offers big opportunities, and everyone wants to know how they can get into the front of the line. Today, we'll talk to one of our lead recruiters about what we look for in candidates. Plus, you'll hear from Emmett and his PM about making the right impression coming out of the Academy. I'm Jamie Goodfriend, founder and director of Point72 Academy. Since 2015, we've helped more than 125 recent grads and early career professionals discover an investing career and earn an analyst role with us. This episode, we're talking about how you can stand out. We recruit at every level, from freshmen and sophomores who are just considering an investing career, to professionals who have already graduated and begun building experience in the workforce. We receive a lot of resumes across our academy programs, but we're not looking for great resume writers. We're looking for great talent from any background to become an analyst at our firm. We want the very best, and this episode is about presenting yourself in the best light. To help you understand how to do that, I sat down with Enrica Chung. Enrica leads our Asia-Pacific recruiting efforts and has been placing students in finance careers for more than a decade. She knows the many paths you can take after graduation and how daunting it can be to find the one that's right for you. She's also seen thousands upon thousands upon thousands of candidates and knows what she's looking for in the next generation of investing talent. Enrica, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You've been recruiting talent in the finance industry for more than a decade. Today, you lead the recruitment efforts for the Academy across our Asia-Pacific offices. I guess my first question is, how did you end up as a recruiter? I fell onto this career serendipitously. In my first career, I was in corporate communications and marketing. I was working with our then COO, who found that I had a passion for marrying the right talents to the right roles. And I strongly feel actually that making sure that our next generation is excited and passionate about what they do next as a career is a very, very strong endeavor or passion of mine as well. So um, I love what I do. Uh, I'll do it every day. I'll do this over and over again till 
there are no more students to place. When you're thinking about interviewing candidates, what kind of advice would you give to students today as they're exploring both careers? Irregardless if you're in the banking industry or in any other industry, my best recommendation is make sure you do your research. Uh, speak to the people on both buy side and sell side and make sure that the career that you choose is right for you. Uh, there is great nostalgia of being on either buy side and sell side of things, pros and cons. So make sure that you've done your research, speak to the right people, understand what the challenges are on both sides and be prepared to take on those challenges as part of your careers. So what are the kinds of questions you might have them ask? Um, I'll have them ask, what is the biggest challenge you've had during your career? And how did you uh, mitigate that? I would ask them, you know, what's the best part of your job um, and why? What's the worst part of your job and why? And have a sort of self-reflection as to see if that is something that you as a, as a person might be able to deal with during your career. So what's an example of a sell side attribute where you would say a candidate should lean more towards the sell side than the buy side? Okay, so I guess it's my answer for being on the sell side of things is usually what I hear from candidates that they get to, they don't get to choose the types of stocks or companies that they follow. They usually write a report or, or do research mainly on what the company wants to sell. So they're quite restricted on what they can do. Whereas on the buy side, there's more autonomy for one to look at more various types of companies and be more entrepreneurial. In early careers, everyone needs a little bit of guidance. And that's the reason why uh, being in a part of a structured or training program, uh, that Point seventy two runs, for example, is a great way for one to learn those parameters and learn how to do it properly. Once you get the fundamentals in place or uh, the training under your belt, then you're ready to make those decisions and be more entrepreneurial. If you are entrepreneurial, have a lot of great ideas, think outside the box and see something else that some others don't see, potentially buy side might be a, a place for you. As you transition to the academy here at Point72, what have you found to be a great profile of an academy candidate? Well, look, no one person is alike. Everyone is unique and everyone brings something very different to the table. Um, having said that, though, what we look for generally would be commerciality, grits, curiosity and passion for the markets. What's an example of that that you've experienced during your conversations with candidates? So, for example, is we've got students who come in prepared with various uh, stocks that they have researched throughout their short careers or academic uh, research they've done during classes. We've also had students bring in computerized portfolios or models of their uh, of their stocks that they've been following as well. So that shows me passion. That shows me um, eagerness. And when I see these students in person, they have a gleam and a sparkle in their eye that just genuinely tells me that they're passionate about what they do. You can't do a job that you're not passionate about, irregardless of how much money you're earning or how much uh, prestige you're gaining or whatever that title is, right? In finance, Traditionally, it's, you know, um, everyone pays their dues, they work long hours, um, you know, rise up to the ranks within the company. Um, students have a lot more choices nowadays in terms of what they want to do. And if it means being an artist, if it means being in finance, if it means being in tech, then as long as they're happy, then I think that's a very, you know, fruitful life that they live. Talk to me a little bit about the resumes you see. What's something on a resume that you wish people would put more often that really speaks about their character beyond finance and beyond stocks? Their extracurricular activities, of course. Um, what they do outside of 
academics and their internships is very important. Um, what we look for is people or candidates that have a great work-life balance, right? Most recently, I've actually seen a candidate who is uh, who really enjoys street dancing. Um, that's a way for her to uh, decompress, not think about work, not think about academia, and just go outside, enjoy the fresh sun- sunshine, and enjoy life. How did you get that out of her? Did she put that on her resume to begin with? Or was this something that was revealed during a conversation? When I speak with candidates, it's usually not a very formal interview. It's usually conversations. I like to get to know our candidates, um, hopefully on a more intimate and a personal level. What else can candidates expect in the application process at Point72 Academy? What they can expect from an interview process is a very clear-cut, transparent process. So, for example, you will be invited to, to do a questionnaire, a case study, and then ultimately an interview with us. After first rounds of interviews with the Academy recruiter, you'll be then speaking with our Academy coaches, which will assess your technical abilities, your passion for the markets, and what type of investor you'd like to be. Every process is a little bit different, but they tend to have a lot of the very same steps. So what are some don'ts in applying for this or really any other finance job? Most importantly, don't embellish your CV. We've done this As campus recruiters or academy recruiters, we've done this for a very long time. We typically see through um, a fake CV or an embellished attributes. For example, you tell me that you are involved into a company stock pitch and you've written a 100-page report about this particular company. Um, Once we have a longer chat about this said company, to realize that you've actually probably just have made a small contribution to it and not necessarily have done a deep dive to truly understanding that company and making that recommendation. It's kind of like sometimes when people tell me they've read a book and then I realize they haven't really read you know, past the first half of it. That's correct. Or read the back cover. So some other don'ts, um, apart from your CV and your technical attributes, we also look for um, a balance, your personality, what type of person you are. Are you ethical and are you respectful? Um, That comes off in dressing the part for an interview, making sure that you're on time for an interview and making sure that you're respectful of everyone's time and um, the questions that are asked during the process. Have the way students think about their careers changed during your time as a recruiter? So I think over time, is, as technology gets more advanced, there's more information on the market. Students actually do uh, a lot more deep dive into the various types of careers or different types of companies. Um, they're asking a lot more intelligent questions. They're asking about career pr- progressions, you know, what, uh, what the company can do for them in terms of training, in terms of support, whether it be physical support, emotional or mental support to help them with that career. So they're actually a lot more pickier in terms of what they want to do and, you know, what company they want to join. And how do you answer that at Point72 Academy when students come to you with this kind of background and acumen? You know, with pride, I actually say that Point72 is one of the very few companies I've ever worked for that have a such has a, quite a structured uh, training program. We throw a lot of money and resources into our early careers to hopefully build them organically in-house to hope uh, that they will, um, you know, be a positive contribution to the company, you know, in the mid to long term. The Academy is the greatest path to the buy size seat simply because we give you structured training, structured learning. Uh, We teach you the fundamentals and we give you all the tools for you to be an investor. You heard Enrica tell you about what she looks for in talent. 
But we also wanted you to know more about how she found her path to finance, the unexpected lens she takes towards her work, and some of the challenges she's overcome along the way. If I wasn't in this industry, I will be likely be dissecting a lung, a kidney, or a left leg somewhere in the world. So when I grew up, I was really interested in uh, science. I like to understand how things grow, why things die, how things evolve. I've always had a passion for it. When I was young, I built my own little science lab. For Christmas, my parents got me a microscope, and that was the best gift I've ever received, and I still have it to this day. And that passion to turn into reality um, when I got a little older and the TV show CSI was on TV. And um, obviously it is very Hollywood. It is very uh, dramatized, but um, that sort of captured my imagination even more. Um, then going to school, I'm thinking, what do I want to do when I grow up? I went to University of Toronto and they had uh, a program called Forensic Sciences, Forensics and Anthropology. And I thought that's actually pretty cool. And so I did that for three years to then realize perhaps it's not the most practical in terms of choice of a career. My training as a scientist um, influences the way I you know, speak with candidates because I like to look more deep dive, a lot more understanding um, as to, you know, what their interest is and why, right? That's um, always asking the questions, why, 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 right? To get to... Um, the core of, you know, why they're genuinely interested in pursuing a career in finance. I strongly believe that what I do has an influence on the next generation, and I want to make sure that I do the right thing for them. Some of the challenges I had to overcome in my career was uh, working in Asia. I'm Western educated, and then going to Hong Kong, making, uh, and, you know, working in the first time in a very different culture, um, I had to sort of learn quite a lot in terms of diversity, the lay of the land, uh, culture, food, people, uh, languages, and it's just not Hong Kong, right? How Hong Kong is different from Singapore, how it's different from Japan as well. Trying to learn a lot of that culture, which, you know, vastly different from what I'm used to being in North America. What makes this job interesting to candidates is that because we are one of the very few firms that truly spend a lot of time and resources training our people. And I genuinely, hand to heart, haven't seen that many for, uh, firms I've worked with spend so much dedication on making sure that the next generation succeeds. So this actually makes my job easier because it's a great selling point to um, to people who are you know in early careers. And also, it's um, I feel... Uh, very satisfied knowing that we've given them, you know, a great stepping stone to help them with potentially, you know, a career in finance. That was Enrique Chung talking about finding her path to finance and how she uses her unique background to help evaluate talent for our firm. But what about once you're in the academy? How do you make the right impression as an intern or as an academy associate and set yourself up for a long-term career? To help answer that question, we invited in a portfolio manager and a Point72 Academy grad to talk about what PMs look for, how Academy associates can make a great impression, and what helps people succeed when they get here. My name is John Haruni. I'm a portfolio manager. I'm Emmett Kearns. I'm an analyst working on John Haruni's team and covering mostly industrials, consumer, and a little bit of tech. Emmett, uh, as an analyst, you know, he has all the basics. He's he's way above average in intellectual horsepower. He's got that rare blend of skepticism and confidence at the same time. So he's able to act on his research with very strong confidence and yet always maintain skepticism about what's around him. 
I think John as a PM has the usual sort of prototypical PM traits, dedicated, you know, works hard, passionate about the passionate about the industry. Some of the traits that drew me to John initially were, you know, he was last PM out of the office. He asked great questions. And I think probably a very unique balance of being aggressive, aggressive taking risk, but I, I guess humility or lack of ego and being very comfortable asking the uh, the basic questions that everyone thinks they know the answer to, but really don't. We run a very process-oriented team, uh, extremely bottoms-up, fundamentally driven. Uh, within that process, though, we like to give enough investment personality to each member of the team. So we sort of put guardrails in place. We have our principles in place, but within those principles and guardrails, we definitely want artistic freedom. So in figuring out that this is the team I wanted to join, I actually, I learned that pretty early on in the academy. A bunch of us looked at a company in the building product space and we modeled it, we pitched it, and John came to speak to our class. And, you know, it was early days for us. And I think it was a moment of realization that our work was just not good. And the way I was thinking about the business was not good. It didn't make sense. And I think sort of the way John framed investing was just very different from anything I'd heard before. You know, it wasn't about nailing the numbers or anything else near term. I mean, that's important, but it was kind of, this is deeply, fundamentally what the business is. It was just kind of an incredible blend between knowing the business and the numbers, you know, incredibly well, but also having this sort of deep underlying view and opinion on the business. You know, I kind of immediately wanted to join the team. And so I, uh, I went to Jamie. I said, I, I want to work on John's team pretty much straight away. And Jamie said that she'd make him the judge for my pitching competition at the end of the academy. And the rest was kind of on me. I met Emmett through, I was, uh, I was, I was asked to be a, a judge in a stock competition for the academy. Emmett was one of the participants in the, in the competition. Uh, and I was blown away by, by the way he pitched, what he pitched and how he pitched it. Um, I had I hadn't seen his resume. I didn't know his background. I didn't know much about him at all. But I could tell uh, just from having interviewed so many people in my career that this was a special candidate. And so I, I sort of knew right when I saw his pitch that uh, the competition wasn't really on my mind. It was how do I get this guy on my team? I think the academy experience for me was, you know, kind of a wonderful opportunity with a, a big sort of crash mat underneath you to take risk. You know, try different ways of doing research kind of explore different industries, just sort of, you know, take a, it's a risk-free sort of exploration exercise. Probably the most valuable part of the academy was having PMs come in and pitch to us and seeing kind of different processes week to week, gave all of us kind of a chance to, you know, figure out what sort of meshed best with us and find out what sort of team we wanted to work on. And so, you know, there's a lot of variation between different teams and, you know, process or book is similar or sometimes I'm pointing to even you know, in any way alike. And so, you know, it was just a wonderful sort of opportunity to avoid taking a massive leap of faith, joining a sort of buy side seat, where I guess it's kind of made a lot more a known quantity. Probably how I'd summarize it. I think it's very important for analysts to be constantly intellectually curious, intellectually honest. On my team, we try and uh, we try and leave our egos at the door. In this, in this business, you're going to be wrong a lot. And we try to keep a culture on our team where, where that's okay. 
where, you know, to raise your hand and say, hey, look, I'm wrong here. Something changed. That's liberating. Uh, and that actually enables you to be right. And if we can create a culture where we're being intellectually honest, where we're being intellectually curious, where we're chasing down the next kernel of knowledge, the next kernel of data, and it's okay to be wrong, that actually enables us to be right. And so that's the culture we want to create, that it's okay to be wrong, that, you know, but always be intellectually curious, always be intellectually honest and ground your conviction, not in your ego, but in the data and in your research. I think the easiest way for Academy Associates to stand out is go talk to PMs, you know, make an effort when you, you know, you've got this incredibly unique opportunity to probably see 20 to 30 PMs of your time at the Academy. If you stay quiet and you sit at the back of class, no one's going to notice you. No one's going to want to mentor you. Whereas I think if you ask good questions, really make the effort to go out and meet people, you can really stand out. And, and there's an incredible opportunity as an Academy analyst to make an effort with analysts on the desk and you know discuss ideas with them debate their investment process and just get a sort of level of transparency that you'll never get again because once you once you're on the desk you know everyone's a little bit guarded you know no one really wants to break out their best research but when you're in the academy you have this sort of air pocket of you know transparency and you can learn a ton so when i was in the academy i talked to as many analysts of the platform as i possibly could and I think it really accelerated my learning. You know, I'm amazed at the caliber of, of talent that I see. It's, it's year on year. It just gets better and better. But, um, you know, I think to, to stand out, it still comes back to what it's always come back to, which is passion. You have to love it. Uh, you have to want it more than the next person. And you have to be competitive. And you have to want to win. And you have to have that drive. And you, you know, and, and you have to be the type of person that can get up when you're, you know, when you're knocked down and, you know, the, the intellectual horsepower and the blocking and tackling and the, and the basic skill set is becoming a commodity in the investment game, but it's these intangible, you know, uh, personality traits that I find are unique. That was John Haruni and Emmett Kearns talking about how they ended up working together and how their backgrounds influenced their approach to the markets. I'm Jamie Goodfriend, and this is Becoming a Hedge Fund Analyst inside Point72 Academy. Listen to our entire series to hear from portfolio managers, analysts, and practitioners on the ins and outs of this industry and learn how you can become a part of it.